Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Hello and welcome. And this is the weekly uh, Spirit Seeker radio show brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine, as the uh, lead intro said. And we've been doing this show uh, in this format for a little over four years. And prior to that, we were in a traditional radio studio. But I have to tell you, Working with radio through the Internet is one of the most magnificent, magical things because it's a blog, it's a virtual blog, and the minute um, the radio show is complete, it is like beamed everywhere, and people listen to it morning, noon, and night, and we know you're listening because I get the stats. So I just want to thank all of the listeners for supporting the show. I want to thank the readers of Spirit Seeker Magazine who have been reading this magazine for 17 years for um, just supporting all of the different Spirit Seeker, uh, different things that we do. The January issue is uh, is online, and we're working on the February issue. There's some great articles this month. There's an article with Forecast 2014, 11 Spiritual Trends Beyond the Shift. There's an article, uh, Clutter Clearing and Your Authentic Self, which most of you know I'm a feng shui consultant, and I'm always telling people, get rid of your stuff. Just empty it out. Less is more. Love it, use it, lose it, etc. So um, there's also an article that I just really encourage everyone to read. It's on coconut oil, which so many people think coconut oil is bad for you, and it is really one of the best best things that you can do to nourish your body. So um, we do movie reviews. We do green articles. There are some two uh, wonderful green films that we've reviewed this month. And um, I could go on and on. And, oh, I know, there's another one by Dr. Um, I always say his name wrong, but I'm going to attempt it, Zi Zhang Sha on four steps uh, to heal from cold symptoms. And with everything going around with the colds this year, uh, I think that article would be very helpful. Okay, and last thing before I bring on my wonderful guest tonight is that if you would like to be added to our Sacrosanct email list and receive email notices about the weekly radio show, about wonderful mind, body, spirit events throughout the U.S., and about when the magazine is online, please send us an email to info. Info, info at spiritseeker.com and we will add you to the list. Okay, so all announcements aside, we have a two-part show tonight. We're going to be hearing um, from Liz Dawn Donahue for the first half, and then the second half will be one of her speakers at our upcoming conference, Joe Dispenza. So we have a great, great line up tonight. We're going to have lots of fun and you can, uh, if you want to ask a question for either of the guests tonight, just push one on your phone with a pound and then my uh, producer will bring you onto the call. All right, so Liz Dawn Donahue is this woman that I met I think it was like seven years ago and I also met her mother Ariel and I was just taken aback by the the grace that um, Liz's mother had and the grace that Liz has, and I've met her sister, and, you know, on and on. And at the time, when I first attended Celebrate Your Life, I had just gone through the breast cancer experience, and Liz's mom was going through the same thing at that time, and we just had this bond. And I went through this conference, and I just thought, how in the world did these two women put this together. I mean, it was just life-changing. It was in Chicago. 
And so I'm going to let Liz tell you her story. But Liz, welcome to this call. And just thank you so much for all that you do for so many. Oh, my God. Hi, Cindy. How are you? <laughs> you know what? I'm good. I'm really good. A little nasally. I'm going to have to do those uh, those suggestions for the for uh, shifting colds out of the body. But I, I am really good. I mean, it isn't 2014 like crazy. It's so fast already. I know. I know. We've just hit the ground running. And, and here yes. we are. We're in Scottsdale, Arizona. And it's, you know, gorgeous weather here. But And nobody can enjoy it because we've all been working so much lately. <laughs> I know, I know, and it's like, you know, it's so interesting because I do moon meditations, uh, you know, twice a month, and the new moon was on January 1st for the first time in a long time, and it won't happen again for like 30 more years, and the whole thing with that new moon uh, in Capricorn was move or you will be moved change or oh, change. <laughs> and it's like and it's all about movement and I mean it sounds like you've got a lot of movement on on every level in your life <laughs> so and that's nothing new um but I just want to reference something that you said during your interju- introduction first of all coconut oil you know my husband's a holistic practitioner a holistic doctor and we use coconut oil all the time I'm such a huge proponent of it and I'm so glad to hear that you use coconut oil also <laughs> Oh, and you know what? You know that it's in the consciousness when you can go to Sam's or Costco and there is coconut oil. You know, it's like, okay, people are getting it. But so many people in America think that fats are bad for you. And, you know, I mean, no, 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 no. You you look at Thai food, you look at Indian food, you look everywhere. And coconut, you know, is just wonderful. And sesame, you know, oh, yes. Oh, it's excellent for you. I actually use coconut oil on my skin. I'll melt it down. I'll add some shea butter, melt it down with some cocoa butter, whip it all up together, and there I've got body butter. Yeah, yeah it's so great. It's just fabulous. <laughs> but, but Liz, tell us who you are. I mean, I know, I know you've been oh doing my. this work for, what is it, 17 years now, and I know you were an actress and, you know, et cetera. But what, just, what were you like as a little girl? I mean, were you one of those, you know, curious seekers? I mean, your path <laughs> has been, you've had a, a, a larger-than-life path. Well, as a little girl, I was, I'm the greatest star. (laughs) (laughs) I'm born to be on stage. I'm a Leo with planets all over in Leo. And um, when I was a little kid, I I just, I always wanted to be on stage. And I was an actress for about 15 years. And first of all, okay, I have to digress. Just wait a second. You said you're in business for 17 years. Mishka Productions has been around for 18 years. Oh, that's wild. So we just woke up at the same time, sort of, with, the, with, oh, I know. with going funny? to the next level. Yes. Exactly. Yes. exactly. I would, anyway, long story short, I was in the theater for, for many, many years, and then my life really, really fell out when I was about 32 years old. I was living in L.A. I was extremely thin. Um, you know, I had been, you know, running from job to job, trying to get job, you know, trying to get acting jobs and then not getting them and then getting them. Finally said to me, you know, why don't you come home for a while? Actually, home at the time was Scottsdale, Arizona. We're originally from New York, if you couldn't tell. So, <laughs> Arizona, and I could not get a job to save my life, an acting job to save my life. Now, mind you, I'd been doing regional theater. I was signed with William Morris. I had a big chip on my shoulder. I'm a seasoned actress. I'm equity which is uh, Actors' Equity Association, which is a professional status in, in theater. And I could not get a job in, here in Arizona. And here I was, you know, going all over the country doing regional theater. 
So my life kind of fell out at that point, and I didn't know what I was going to do, where am I going to go, who am I, the whole thing, existential crisis. And at the time, my mom had a friend who owned a spiritual bookstore, and she said to me, you know what, they need some help, why don't you go to work in the bookstore? Well, $4.50 an hour later, I'm working at this bookstore. (laughs) And I thought, what am I doing here? I really should go back to L.A. And... One of the days that I was working at the store, the owner handed me a book and said, look, I know you have experience doing events. Here's this great book. Met this author. I think it's going to be a huge book, and I'd like for you to do an event for us with this author. He said he would, do, he would come to Arizona to do it. I said, great. Went home, read the book overnight, loved it, signed the contract to do the event, and lo and behold, it was, drum roll, and this was in 1994, I think, James Redfield, The Celestine Prophecy. Oh, my gosh. It was just before his book hit the number one on the New York Times bestseller list. It was just before Time Warner got a hold of it. And then during the process of organizing the event, of course, it soared to the New York Times bestseller list, and everybody, you know, they were, they were handing Celestine Prophecies out like, like, you know, they were Bibles. It was just this amazing spiritually opening book. So we did the event, and it was standing room only. And after the event, I was, like, packing my bags, getting ready to go to L.A., and Sally called me. Sally is James Redfield's wife. Now, we all became friends. My mom, the Redfields, and I all became friends. Sally called me and said, you know, I want to do an event. I just published my book with Time Warner. She had a meditation book and said to me, you know, I, would you please do an event with me? And I said, you know, Sally, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, don't, I can't do this on my own. In the meantime, I, I was no longer work, working for that bookstore. So <laughs> I looked at my mom and I said, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't have any money. In the meantime, I'm living at my mom's little townhouse with her and she's a psychotherapist and she's seeing, you know, clients in her home in her little office. And I turned to her and I said, what do you think? And she said, well, I'll loan you the money. So I said, okay. So I called Sally back and I said, okay, let's do the event. So my mom, I think she loaned me like twelve, thirteen hundred dollars $1,300. We set up a phone line in her dining room for me. And I was calling the newspaper to place an ad for the event. The man said to me at the newspaper, what's the name of your company? And I said, company? Yeah, what's the name of your company? I said, let me get back to you on that. <laughs> so I sat with my mom and I said, they want to know what the name of the company is. I don't have a company. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no business background. I'm an actress. I have a theater background. So, um, so we had just put our family dog to sleep. And she was very, very ill. And she was just this beautiful beam of light and joy and part wolf and part husky. She looked like a white wolf. And he said, you know, I really want to honor Mishka. And we sat and meditated, and of course, Mishka Productions. There you go. That's how the name came about, because Mishka was our family dog. So we did the event with Sally, standing room only again. And from that moment, um, it, I hadn't made a decision consciously that I, was, that I was creating a business. And Oh, let me digress for a second. My mom used to organize camps when we were kids. She would organize sleepaway camps. She was a single mom raising these two kids. And during the, the year, she was a teacher, an educator, and she was a, pian- a classical pianist. And um, so during the summers, she needed to keep food on the table, so she worked during the summers, and we all slept to camp with her. So she was amazing at organization. <laughs> So during this event with Sally Redfield, she helped me organize the ticket sales and how to do all that and where people sit and, you know, the whole thing. 
So after the Sally event, we got a phone call from a friend of ours who knew Carlos Castaneda. And she said to me, you know, you should really do an event with Carlos Castaneda. And I said, are you kidding? He doesn't show his face in public at all. This is just at the time they were doing the Tensegrity workshops. I don't know if you're familiar with that. but Captain No, I can was, remember. He was like in the 70s and 80s. I mean, that's uh, when he yes, first exactly. Did, right? He was starting to come out a little bit in the 90s and actually do public appearances. So here I am. I have absolutely no experience. I don't even have a way to process credit cards. I called Carlos Castaneda's agent, and I said, I want to do an event in Arizona <laughs> with Carlos Castaneda. And the woman said, let me get back to you on that. They called me two days later and said, Carlos would like to work with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it, yeah. you know, <laughs> you're falling apart. I was just going to say in, the enthusiasm. You know, it's so, you know we, we all know you don't have to know how it's going to work. You just set the intention, and the universe just makes it happen. Well, there was no, that's the funny thing. There was no intention. I mean, I had absolutely no idea that I was starting a business here. So that event went really, really, really well. We had people fly in from all over the world to attend this event, this weekend event with Carlos Castaneda. And from that moment on, I, I remember getting a phone call from somebody at Time Warner saying, oh, we've got all these great authors that would love to come and do events. And we got introduced to Brian Weiss and Rosemary Altea, and, and actually I got introduced to Wayne Dyer because he picked up the phone one day and called our office because he wanted to talk to somebody who'd met Carlos Castaneda, and that's how I met Wayne Dyer. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. I, you know, no, that's it, just, it literally funny. just fell into place. And after, like, the first or second event, I looked at my mom and I said, I need a business partner. Please, let's do this together. And um, for 15, 16 years until she transitioned, a few years ago, she and I um, worked together side by side. And now, of course, we work together, except her messages come through in a different form. <laughs> right, right. Well, and it's, you know, when you attend one of Liz's events, there are the granddaughters, there's her sister, there's like this extended family that is like, you know, I mean, it's very amazing and wonderful. Exactly. My nieces are there, my sisters are there. It's just a big family yeah. thing, and that was yeah. one of the... Things that my mom and I had decided from the very beginning is that we were going to do these events, and we it was extremely important to us to keep to to keep it intimate in the sense of we're family, we're not a corporation, and we need to make certain that people know this is a safe and nurturing environment in which to grow personally and spiritually. So that's something that that I, I hold to, no matter whether we have ten people at an event or twenty five hundred people at an event. So in two thousand and two is when my mom and I created, because we were doing one event a month. So we'd bring in, like, James on Prague, we'd bring in Wayne Dyer, we'd bring in Deepak another month, and we got tired of, like, every single month we were doing, like, a program a month, and we wanted to do something a little bit different. So in 02, we created an event, which has now become a signature event, called Celebrate Your Life. And what we do is we bring together all of these magnificently powerful spiritual teachers in our world together in one place at one time. And we also pick a few up-and-coming authors to appear because part of our mission is to support up-and-coming authors as well as present some of the top authors that are a little bit more well-known in the world at the events as well, at Celebrate Your Life as well. So that's my story. <laughs> well, and it's, and it's just, you know, Listening, you've done this as many years as you have, and you are still enthusiastic, happy, and, you know, you're still growing. You can hear it. 
Yeah, I love what I do. I, you know, yeah. there are days when, you know, I go into the office and I'm thinking, oh, no, I have to do this again. Or there are things, sure, I don't like about it, but put the big girl panties on and do it. And the outcome for me is when, or, or the, what really, really makes my heart sing is when the events come to fruition and there are people who travel from all over the world. And I'm not talking about, well, maybe, you know, Mexico to Arizona because that's a short little jaunt. I'm talking Japan and Spain and Australia and, and Venezuela and New Zealand. I mean, we have people come from all over the world to attend Celebrate Your Life. And the upcoming event we have, we created this Valentine's Day, Valentine's Weekend event, so actually four days. And people, again, are traveling from all over the world because we've got speakers like Deepak Chopra is going to be there and Marianne Williamson, Caroline Mace, Neil Donald Walsh, Greg Braden, Dr. Joe Dispenza, James Von Prague. Um, I'm not in fr- front of my brochure. I don't know Banach, who else Banach, Williams. Banach, Alana, Alana Morissette, Alanis Morissette. I mean, come on. You've got Alanis Morissette. Now, yeah. we all know she's a singer. But I have to tell you, she is so spiritually brilliant. And she actually, this is her debut at Celebrate Your Life. This is our 12th annual Celebrate Your Life conference in Scottsdale. Because we, we've also done it in Chicago as well. And she is so spiritually brilliant. I, I had a conversation with her, and I also had a conversation with her on, on uh, one of my radio shows. And I was so delighted to hear how down-to-earth and humble she is about her own creativity and about her own, you know, persona in the world. So she is going to be one of the speakers along with, um, with uh, and she'll be doing a panel with Neil Donald Walsh, Barbara Marks Hubbard, and Panash Desai. They're all going to be doing a panel discussion together as well. So and fabulous. Exactly, and if anyone's listening, they want to get more information, come join us. Our website is www.celebrateyourlife.org, and remember that .org, so celebrateyourlife.org, and come join us. We do still have a few tickets left, so um, come be you with know, us and this party. is like the perfect, perfect time to just like get a group to go. I mean, you, you know, I'll never forget at one of the very first conferences um, that I attended, one of the speakers was talking on, uh, it was on feng shui. I think it was Tara Catherine Collins, but I can't, can't remember at this point. But at any rate, I remember her saying, yes, it was. And I remember her saying, you know, um, actually, I don't know, Liz, it might not have been at that, but I, it was at one a conference similar to this if it wasn't that. And I remember the speaker saying, when you come to an event like this, with this many people that are uplifting you and, and, you know, raising your vibration and the whole group being elevated, she said it's a really good thing to buy one item that you take home with you that has the vibration of this conference so that whenever you look at it, you wear it, you touch it, whatever, you have the whole, you know, the whole thing in it energetically. And um, it's just, it's just, you can't begin like to even explain until you experience it the friendships, the connections, the awarenesses, and like thousands of people all at this conference. Like, and, and you always have the best vendors. You have the best, you know, toe readings. I mean, I had never heard of toe readings until until I was at one of your conferences. And you know, you just are fabulous. You do a great. Oh, thank uh, you. Well, and I, I feel know good. people. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
I throw a good party. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you did your, your, your October event. You had this Halloween party. Now you're doing Valentine's. You know, it's just you, you make everything very special. Well, I appreciate that because it's really important to me and what makes my heart sing, what my life's passion is, is when, when people arrive at the event, everyone's a little bit reticent because people come by themselves. A lot of people come by themselves and they travel by themselves to be there. So everybody's a little bit reticent. By Saturday morning, you can see everybody warming up and hugging and connecting and, and, you know, talking about their journeys with each other and making friends and that just, oh, it's just magnificent. I mean, you know, online events are wonderful. However, there is nothing like being face-to-face with your favorite author and face-to-face in a group in community. And I think it's essential, especially nowadays, to come together in community. And you know what else? The angels. The angels just applaud when we do things like this for ourselves and we, when we step out and have the courage to come to an event like this, to say, okay, here I am, I'm present, and I'm willing to take the risk to be here and go deeper into myself, learn about myself more spiritually, and, and develop my personal growth skills. They really, I, I think there's a whole band of angels that just applaud all around the event. <laughs> I, all I totally, yeah, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. And, you know, listeners, it's a really nice idea if you can go to the pre-conference and stay through Monday because the pre-conference, I mean, you know, some of the wonderful memories I have is, you know, with James von Prague in this room where within the first hour you are learning scanning and, you know, developing your intuitive gifts and, you know, I've, uh, I've uh, John Holland and, oh my gosh, last year with Denise, or two years ago with Denise Lynn, you know, I have experienced her several times, but the last time with Denise Lynn, it was just wake up. And within the first hour, we were doing regressions, you know, going into past life regressions. And then another time, you know, one of the first events of yours that I attended, here's Brian Weiss with 500 people, you know, and he's he's regressing us. You know, it's it's just no two events of yours are the same. You know, they're all the magic of the chemistry of everyone coming together. And this one looks fabulous. I know. Well, we've got three of the top, the world's top spiritual mediums all there at one time. We've never done that before. So we've got James von Prague, Lisa Williams, who had a television show on Lifetime, and John Holland, who's been featured on um, A&E many, many times. So we've got James, John, and Lisa all in one place at one time. These three powerful spiritual mediums are going to be there. So that's, that's quite a lineup to, to experience. Yeah, James is doing a pre-conference workshop. So is Dr. Joe Dispenza. His work I love, and I know you have him on in a few minutes. Oh, my God, Joe Dispenza's work changed my life. He, I was in a, a really tough situation one year, and I called Dr. Joe, and I said, listen, I need something to get out of myself. I keep doing the same thing over and over again, and I, I, I'm bumping up against walls. And I was really in a panic place. And he said to me, okay, Liz, I'm giving you the abridged version of my full-day workshop, so this is what you're going to do. And he gave me an exercise. He spent about 20 minutes on the phone with me, and he gave me this very powerful exercise, and I did it every single day for a month. And the, the situation that I called him about just completely lifted within myself. I stopped struggling with it. It was, it was an internal struggle of, of fear and anxiety. And just doing this one basic exercise every single day, completely lifted it for me. So he's going to be doing things like that during his pre-conference workshop on Friday, February 14th. And what better way to love yourself? Absolutely. Right? 
potential. You know, and it's like so many people, even if they are in a relationship, you want to do something special for Valentine's Day. And, you know, this is just, this is just perfect that you pulled this all together at this time. And, you know, listeners, you know, Dr. Joe will be on in a few minutes, but Dr. Joe Dispenza was on What the Bleep Do We Know? You know, and I remember I had the wonderful opportunity with that movie I forget who it was that brought it all together, but um, I received this call one day, and how would you like to have um, a pre-preview? You know, you, we're going to rent a theater, and you can have uh, 200 people um, come to this pre-screening, and um, and we'd like to take a full-page ad on your back cover too. So it's like. I'll never forget it. I I had all the different New Thought ministers and all the different spiritual leaders, you know, in St. Louis. And it was supposed to be in St. Louis for two weeks. And that movie wound up going from this little small theater to one of the main cinemas, you know, that, you know, has art, you know, arty films and um, artsy films, I should say. And it was there for like two months. And, you know, it was just unheard of. And, you know, so he's been with, you know, the neuroscience, you know, wake up for a long time. Absolutely. So he really, he understands the brain chemistry and how the brain works and exercises to break your own patterns in your life and and create new, you know, thoughtful, conscious raising behaviors that that honor you rather than deplete you. That's that's what I love about it. It's very, very practical. It really works. I'm living proof that it works. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, so Liz, we only have a few moments before Dr. Joe Dispenza comes on. I want you to just see what comes through. I mean, you have done these wonderful conferences for 17 years. Will you share just a couple of, you know, memories that come through for you? Wow. Um, okay, I don't know why this is popping into my mind, but there was a reading that James von Prague was doing and it was at the Chicago conference, and there was a reading that he was doing, and it was very, very somber in the room, and all of a sudden, and, and people get very, very, some reason get very, very serious with the spiritual medium readings, and all of a sudden he's reading this woman, and, and she was an older woman. She must have been about in her late 70s, maybe early 80s, and she had been attending Celebrate Your Life for a while, and he's giving her this reading, and she's crying, crying, crying about her husband, and, you know, everybody's, like, holding the space. And all of a sudden, James says, who's Helen? And the woman, she's laughing so hard now she's crying. And, of course, the audience doesn't know what to do. Cause we know we went from crying to, you know, to hysterical laughing. Well, this was such huge confirmation for this woman that had been grieving so deeply over her husband because no one, no one knew about Helen. No one in the family, nobody knew who Helen was. Well, Helen was this mannequin that she and her husband used to put on the sofa in their living room you know, sitting on the sofa when they would go out of town. So if people were peering in the window, they would see somebody sitting on the couch reading. But Helen was this mannequin, and there was this ongoing joke between the two of them, you know, for how many, you know, 50, 60 years this beautiful couple was married, about this mannequin Helen. And so in front of, you know, 2,000 people, she's telling the story about the mannequin. And we were all, we were all just rolling on the floor laughing. I, 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 I don't know why that came to me, but it was such a profound moment with James and, it's, it's you know, like and the audience. Where, yeah, I <laughs> you know, how we all went, you know, sad moment to this hilarious moment of just filled with joy and excitement because the woman got confirmation that her husband was really indeed there with her and always has been there with her. 
Right. Just so. And, but that's and that's how James found Prague is. I mean, he just, well, you know, I mean, there were these moments in the conferences. Each conference has its moment, but that, but I, but that one, I've heard you say that one before. That one was fabulous. Okay, one more. <laughs> okay, this is a little bit more somber. <laughs> you know, I've been doing these events, and um, after the event, we, we were all going home. This woman comes up to me, and she's she's just she's sobbing, and she said to me, and and we did a lot of press, so we had a, a lot of interviews on the radio, and we had um, TV interviews and media interviews, and she came up and held my hands and said, I was truly in the process of going to commit suicide and I heard about this event and I came to it and now I know I'm not alone and that there are other people just like me but I had given up on my life and I was going to take my life and I thought oh my gosh (laughs) I guess I've been doing this for 18 years just to save that one woman's life not that I did No, but she was divinely led to you. And it's like, that's how these conferences are. I mean, I remember being with several different people. You know, people tell you their stories because here you are in a workshop. Well, I'll never forget Debbie Ford's. Okay, so the very first time I went to one of your conferences, you know, I had the press pass and, you know, et cetera. And I didn't know I was breaking the rules. I just... um, you know, I was there with um, in one of the one of the rooms, and then I went into another one, then I went into another one, and I didn't really know that I was breaking the rules on this, <laughs> but I wasn't supposed to do that. So then, when I hit Debbie Ford's class, I thought, oh, I'll just go in here for like maybe fifteen or twenty minutes, and I'll then I'll go uh, in with Greg Braden. Well, I get into Debbie Ford's class, and that was it. I never left. I stayed for the whole thing because she was just doing that deep, deep shadow work. And, you know, within moments you're telling your deep, deep shadow stuff, you know, and it's like, what? I mean, it was just fascinating. And, you know, I mean, we all miss her. Yes. Yes. Debbie Ford um, was at our conferences for many, many years and lots of transformational experiences that people had. I mean, for me, that's that's the buzz that I get is, is people having such healing and transformational and powerful life-changing experiences at the events. Um, you know, w- when I get to a point where I'm thinking, and we all do with our work, you know, what's, what is the purpose? I'm, am I making a difference in the world? I go back and read my feedback forms. <laughs> I look at the feedback forms. We'll just... What happened at the event? So, again, we've got the Valentine's weekend event coming up with Deepak and Marianne and Carolyn Mace and James Von Prague and Dr. Joe Dispenza, who I absolutely adore, Greg Braden. I mean, so many speakers. And just visit CelebrateYourLife.org and come join us. It will be the best thing you've ever done for yourself, truly. Well. And you have Don Miguel Ruiz and Jose Ruiz. We have to we have to mention them. You know, oh, yes, the, they, that's okay. <laughs> it's all right. That's why I'm here. <laughs> and it's like you just you know you just need to get yourself together. So if you've been you know on the fence, this is the time to make that decision, and you'll be you'll just be welcomed. I I compare your conferences to you feel like you're in your living room with you. It's just so intimate and it's just so warm and loving and attention to detail is is one of your one of your things and I'm sure your mother taught you with all that you shared about her tonight. So, um thank you so much Liz for doing everything that you do. And I know oh. how much work goes into these and you'd make them look effortless and and they're not. You you really hold the space very well. Wow, well, I appreciate that, and I hope to see many of you there. And, Cindy, I cannot wait to see you again. 
I know it's been a while, so you you will. It's um it's just like I don't know. We're all so busy. They're doing this work right now, so I just thank you for taking the time to be here. You know, on this uh, this call tonight, and thank you for you know lining everything up with Dr. Joe Dispenza, and thank you for the article in Spirit Seeker this month. There's a wonderful article about the conference, and um, I'm going to mention the website again: celebrateyourlife.org. The whole title of the, the conference is fabulous, and it's February 14th through 17th. So thank you so much. And um, if there's anything else I can do for you, you know, just give me a call or an email. All right, Cindy, great talking with you. Thank you. All right, okay. okay. Thank you. All right, so listeners, that... You know, the, what you, who you were just hearing is Liz Dawn Donahue, who is just this magnificent, magnificent woman who brings these events together. And, you know, you may have been to a conference before, but I'm going to tell you, until you get to a Celebrate Your Life uh, conference, you just have not had the magic that these conferences bring. So give yourself that gift. It's the perfect Valentine's gift. If you have a, a partner that is like, what is it you're reading about or what are you doing? Say, this is what I want, honey, for my Valentine's present. So there you go. Okay, so we are going to go to our second half of our show. And uh, Dr. Joe, are you there? Cindy, pleasure to be with you. Oh, my gosh. So did you get to hear part of Liz's interview? I just heard the last two minutes. Yeah, she's just, well, you know, you know, I'll I'll let you share your experiences of Celebrate Your Life, but thank you for being my guest, and uh, listeners, Dr. Joe Dispenza is a chiropractor, he studied biochemistry, he has training in um, neurosciences, well, you know, and I mentioned earlier that, you know, you were on the film, What the Bleep Do We Know, you know, which, you know, so you've been doing this work for a while, so let's let's hear who you are, how you got on this path, and, and what you've seen as a shift from when you first, you know, started working with, you know, with groups and where things are now in 2014. So I know that's a lot, but let's just see where where you go with it. (laughs) Well, I mean, I actually never planned on doing any of this. Uh, In 1986, I had the privilege of being run over by a truck in a triathlon and uh, managed to break six bones in my spine and was told I'd never walk again. And that kind of started me on this idea of taking philosophical scientific, theoretical, you know, analytical, intellectual information and actually applying it and taking a spiritual model and seeing if it actually could work. And so uh, that was 1986. And um, then I started uh, writing a, a, a book and lecturing around the, the world. And, and I think uh, what the bleep happened right around that time and I think the most common question that people had was, uh, you know, after what the belief is, how do you do it, and why is it so hard to change? So we started teaching workshops pretty much around the world with the idea of showing people and giving them tools and using science really as the contemporary language of mysticism so that I think that when you use science as a model, the beauty is is that you don't eliminate anybody, that for the most part it's a nice uh, way to create a community. If you start talking about religion or tradition or culture, you divide an audience. But science has become the model to explain the unexplainable. So um, we started teaching workshops around the world, and um, in a short amount of time, we started seeing people healing themselves of all different conditions and creating the life that they wanted. And uh, it was really great to see that uh, this stuff actually works. And and we've been measuring transformation for the last... uh, year now with, in our advanced workshops. We're bringing in quantum physicists and neuroscientists and researchers, and we're showing people 
that common people like you and I can do the uncommon and you don't have to be a Buddhist monk or have uh, uh, spent time in a cave or you don't need any of that. That, that uh, once you understand, understand how it works, you can really develop the skill. And so uh, that's brought me pretty much to uh, uh, present day right now. So for, for someone who is listening saying, you know, I've heard about neuroscience and I've, you know, I, I have heard, you know, that we can override DNA with consciousness and, you know, we can change, you know, memory paths in the brain. For someone who is like, so how do I do that? You know, and, and, and how, can I, how can I possibly override, you know, like generations of everyone in my family has had, and I don't even want to name it, but, you know, a certain particular condition, shall we say. How, for someone who's just now, you know, starting, starting to um, step into this different way of embracing science and looking at it, what would you say the first step would be? Oh, the first step is you already know how to do this. You see, most people don't know this, but they've already done something in their life where they've come up against some insurmountable condition in their external environment, in their, in their reality, some condition in their body, some emotion or feeling or habit that's grounded them to the past, or, and they were able to sustain some type of change for an extended period of time. And my research basically started backwards because I was interested in spontaneous remissions and I wanted to study what people did to make those changes. And I, I figured out the common things that after interviewing hundreds of people, and I had to go back to school and get a degree in neuroscience to be able to explain it. So it's already, we already know it's possible. Making it a skill, though, is the next step. So most of us have already done something where we've changed something about ourselves and our lives. Uh, so when we begin to wake up, if 95% of who we are by the time we're 35 years old is a set of memorized behaviors and habits, emotions that we've memorized or reactions or emotional addictions or attitudes that really become like subconscious programs, that 95% of who we are we're, uh, is a, uh, an unconscious state of being, then the first step in change is to become conscious of your unconscious self. And because of the size of the frontal lobe, we can observe who we're being so that we can do a better job in life. We can think about what we're thinking about. We can notice how we're acting and behaving. And we can pay attention to how we're feeling. And because of that level of awareness or that level of consciousness, it literally means that we can modify our state of being to do a better job in life. So the hardest part about change is not making the same choice as you did the day before. So. We think 60 to 70,000 thoughts in one day. Out of those 60 to 70,000 thoughts that you think in one day, 90% of those thoughts are the exact same thoughts as the day before. So you don't have to be a quantum physicist or a neuroscientist to understand that the same thoughts will always lead to the same choices. The same choices will always lead to the same behaviors. The same behaviors will create the same experiences and the same experiences produce the same emotions. And those same emotions drive the same thoughts. And that's called a personality. That's called an identity. And your biology, your neurocircuitry, your hormones, your chemistry, your genetic expression is equal to how you think, how you act, and how you feel. So if you keep doing the same things, thinking the same thoughts, performing the same actions, recreating the same experiences, then your biology should stay exactly the same. So 
if your personality is made up of how you think, how you act, and how you feel, and your personality creates your personal reality, that's it, then in order for you to create a new personal reality, you have to begin to examine the thoughts you're thinking and change them. Notice the behaviors that you've been repeating over time and make a different choice. Look at the emotions that keep you anchored to the past and decide if that emotion belongs into your future. So I think most people try to create a new personal reality as the same personality, and it doesn't work. We literally have to become somebody else. And the new science of epigenetics and neuroplasticity, the new science of possibility says that we are marvels of adaptability, that we're not doomed by our genes, that we're not hardwired to be a certain way. And so people around the world, at this particular time, as you were saying, when when you ended the interview, is a really amazing time to be alive because we're in an age of information. And uh, in an age of information, ignorance is a choice. People can study anything now and become an expert in, and become empowered by, the, by knowledge. So, but what people really want now is it's not enough to know. What people want to know is to know how. And that is the next step. And so when you apply what you learn philosophically or you, um, you, know, you make an effort to change something about yourself, you're going from thinking to doing. And when you have a new experience, that new experience literally enriches your brain and then re- re- reorganizes and molds the circuitry and then produces an emotion, and that emotion literally signals your genes. Now, that's when mind and body are working together, and we could say that you're embodying that knowledge that you understood intellectually. If you're able to repeat the experience, Enough times, you move into a state of being. So we go from philosophers to initiates to masters, from mind, body to soul. And, and that's the journey. And I think that um, we've been conditioned to a certain point to believe that we're powerless and that we live by these limited emotions. But people are waking up, and I'm very, very uh, uh, enthusiastic about what's possible for, for human beings. Well, and, you know, I find it interesting that, you know, it was the, the accident that, probably changed your life in so many ways. Yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I think that in order for us to wake up, we need a wake-up call. And for me, uh, that was my wake-up call. I mean, I was living in La Jolla, California. I had a, you know, a nice practice. I had, uh, you know, a great life and, and uh, pretty savvy. And, and, uh, and all of a sudden, my life came to a complete stop. And you know, I was facing paralysis, and, <clears throat> and I believed in the idea that the power that made the body healed the body, but I, I just never really had the experience. So I thought, hell, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. I'm laying face down, and uh, I have no appointments, and uh, I can't, you know, do the things that I typically do. And I made two decisions. One decision is uh, that I'm not going to let any thought slip by my awareness that I don't want to experience, which was uh, six weeks of... Uh, of a battle, and the second thing was that if this intelligence is real, I'm going to make time out of my day to go within and begin to make contact with it. And if it's a presence, it's a consciousness, it's an awareness, then I have to be completely present with it. And if my mind wanders to other things, then I'm not really present with it, and it's not getting a complete signal. So uh, I went through a dark night of the soul, and, and then after six weeks, all of a sudden, something clicked. And when it started to click, I knew that I was onto something. And, and, uh, and, and uh, when I started noticing changes in my body as a result of what I was doing, 
I just paid attention to what I was doing and I kept doing it. You know, I was a nurse for many years. Um, you know, it was like what started this journey, you know, with healing. And, you know, it, it's interesting how you were saying you, you were studying, like, you know, why some people went into remission and others didn't. And, you know, my whole thing with nursing was always wanting to understand and help help people understand what was going on in their mind, their body, and spirit. And, you know, when you would take the intake form and you would listen to what had gone on in their life in the last two years, you know, and you think, well, no wonder, you know, just no wonder something something gave, you know. And um, But the whole idea of why some people go well and some don't or, you know, that whole thing many people for a long time are like, well, why do good bad things happen to good people and, you know, the whole deal. Until I think we realize that, you know, what we focus on does expand. Where where the attention is, that's where the energy goes. And it exactly. sounds so simplistic, but it's not. Well, I mean, you know, uh, it's really amazing because I saw this in my, my life and then I see it so many times in, in just the human condition that, um, you know, when we're facing crisis or tragedy or disease or diagnosis or loss, it's so amazing that we focus on what we don't want instead of what we do want. And um, turning that battleship around when there is, we've waited to that point where there's crisis is, is, is the challenge, and, and that's where we have to come up against ourselves. And, and um, you weigh your old beliefs against your new beliefs, and, and that's the challenge. And you look around to see if anybody's doing what you're doing, and nobody's doing it because everybody's trying to keep the, the identity and the ego intact, and no one, they don't want anybody to know how they really feel inside. So uh, the old model of transformation has always been wait for crisis to change. And, I, and uh, you know, my, my, my message is why wait? You can learn and change in a state of pain and suffering, or you can learn and change in a state of joy and inspiration. And to me, I think people are waking up now, and they're beginning to make different choices, and, and um, they're not waiting for that. So um, it's, very, it's very encouraging. Well, you know, we have wonderfully inspirational people like you and uh, some of the other people that are coming to the conference where Dr. Joe Dispenza will be one of the featured speakers. This is the Celebrate Your Life conference uh, happening Valentine's weekend. You know, I mean, you know, I, it has to be for all of you speakers coming together. You know, we've got Deepak Chopra, Marian Williamson, Carolyn Mace, you know, so many others all coming together. And I know that, you know, you all have dinner together and you all see each other and you're all inspiring each other. I mean, it has to just be fabulous. Yeah, it's, well, I think uh, it's really about the people. And I, and I think that uh, uh, we, we have a, a, a great amount of respect for each other. But, um, you know, for me, it's really, about, it's really about the participants. And I think that most of us that go there really want to deliver a message to inspire people to try it out in their life. I mean, that's where you get out, you know, away, you push yourself away from the dinner table. You know, it's no longer dinner conversation. You're engaged in the process, and you're more alive and you're more awake than ever before. And, and something strikes you, and you hear something just the right way <clears throat> that fills in one of those gaps that, that, that empowers you to really to, to step into a new life. And, and, and I just think that the more people do it, the more it becomes the norm. And, and uh, I really appreciate the Celebrate Your Life conferences because the energy is always really high. Uh, the people are always excited. The, the pre presenters are always uh, uh, filled with uh, passion, and uh, and it's a it's a great time, and it's a beautiful place to be in uh, in February also.
Okay, so I, I, I don't know why this is coming up, but it is. So I'm just going to um, ask, and then you can, you know, maybe perhaps explain why I'm thinking of this at this point. But I read this book about this surgeon who um, had a transplant herself. And I, I don't even remember which organ. But all of a sudden, she had different food desires. She had different, totally different thoughts. And, you know, she explained that it, that, in her mind, it was because of those new cells being in her body and regenerating in a whole different way. Mm-hmm. Well, well, the different genes too. So um, there's a portion of us that, um, you know, that is <clears throat> our genetic expression, and there's a portion of us that are con- that is consciousness, and they kind of interchange. So I mean, if you think about it, an atom is mostly empty space, but <clears throat> when you combine atoms together, they get ma- they make molecules and molecules make chemicals and chemicals make cells and cells make tissues and tissues make organs and organs are part of the systems of the entire body so when you take an organ from one person and you place it in another person there is a morphogenic field that begins to harmonize with the field of the individual from energy or from consciousness to energy all the way into matter and um I think it's a it's a, an exchange that takes place, but the person now has a different combination of consciousness, energy, and matter. So you have lectured, and, and thank you, by the way, that was brilliant. I needed to hear that. <laughs> um, you've lectured in 26 uh, different countries on six continents, educating people about the role and function of the human brain. I'm, you have to have some amazing memories from working with that much diversity. Would you be kind enough to share with the listeners just some of the most, you know, pivotal moments for you where you went, oh, my gosh, you know, yes, they got it, I get it, like the, the exchange? Yeah, well, that's a really, really um, a great question, Cindy, and I appreciate it because I am so humbled in the last two and a half years in observing transformation and I don't care if I'm in Istanbul or Hong Kong or Johannesburg or Mexico City or Toronto. Transformation looks exactly the same on every race and on every culture. That when we started seeing the results that we were getting uh, after my second book, Breaking the Habit, when we were teaching the workshops, uh, I was amazed that people that were uh, born with genetic conditions, reversing their genetic condition. I mean, that's not that's a fact. And, and people that had very serious traumas in their life that were followed by really uh, significant uh, uh, diagnoses uh, all of a sudden uh, reversed that condition in a year. I mean, no evidence, no blood tests, no scans, nothing is present any longer. So I am so encouraged by common people doing the uncommon that that we started measuring that type of transformation, and as I said earlier, in our advanced workshops. And in the one that we did in uh, Phoenix last year in February, and then we did another one in Colorado, uh, 91% of the people that participated in the workshop when we scanned their brain before and after the event had a more than 80% change in their brain for the better. So we know that inward practices work. We know that... People, the energy, we measured the energy in the room, 
and the energy in the room almost doubled from the beginning of the event to the end with sophisticated instruments. So when people say, oh, the energy feels good, well, we could say we know why. You know? So the concept that, that really has inspired me is this concept called information to transformation. And, and when you give people information and they can repeat that information, they're wiring it in their brain. If you can give them some instruction on how to apply that information, if they apply the information properly and they get their body involved, they should have some type of experience that produces transformation. If you could measure that transformation, and we did brain scans and we, did, uh, we measured the heart rate variability, we measured the energy of the room, the energy around the people's bodies, the energy of the centers of the body, we measured quite a bit. And, they, and there's some transformation that takes place and we can actually measure that transformation, that's more information to teach transformation. And if we can measure the next round of transformation because we can teach it better, that's more information to teach transformation. And you begin to close the gap between knowledge and experience. And so I've seen people heal themselves of all kinds of conditions. I've seen them create the lives that they wanted. I've seen them have peak, very peak and mystical experiences uh, that we have, happen to capture almost like 10 times the amount of energy in the person's brain. I have seen people see 360 degrees with their eyes closed. Uh, I have seen amazing things, and that's just the beginning of what's possible for us. Okay, so the next, the next question that I'm hearing is, what do you think about, well, we, we all know Deepak Chopra has done a lot with merging science and spirituality as well as many, many others, but he's been one of the forerunners, you know, in that, in that bridge, shall we say. What do you think about this, you know, science and spirituality finally merging and coming together? Because I, I loved how you explained at the beginning, you know, you went the scientific approach, everyone can relate to that, and it's, you know, but all of a sudden we're going way beyond that now. Well, you know, um, well, I respect Deepak. He's a, he's a great guy. And he just happened to be one of the troubadours that stood up and uh, said, okay, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it differently than anybody else. Uh, but, again, you know, what makes science and spirituality uh, work together is because mind and matter, are, they, are, they, are, they coexist. As a matter of fact, they're so intricately connected that you cannot separate the two. So when you start merging mind and matter, you're, you're, you're merging spirituality and, and science. And so science, as I said earlier, has become the language of mysticism. And because quantum physics is the physics of possibility and neuroscience is the, the measurement of mind and genetics is the expression of health or the expression of life, that when people begin to piece together a new model, and begin to understand how it works from top to bottom, from consciousness all the way down to the expression of life. Uh, you know, knowledge is power, but knowledge about yourself is self-empowerment. And so the question is, though, what are you going to do with it? Uh, otherwise, it's, it's, um, it's philosophical. So the, 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 there's enough people now, uh, undoubtedly, uh, because of some of the latest uh, instruments that have been created in science, and then open-minded scientists in asking the right questions and being willing to step outside of convention to see what those results produce. Now, uh, you know, there's a lot of pharmaceutical companies that uh, probably don't like that, and there's probably a lot of institutions 
that stand in the way of that. But uh, gosh darn it, uh, I think people are at the point in evolution right now where the veil is thinning and they want something else. So science made simple is exactly fills in the same exact formula for any mystic or any master that's walked the planet. It's just that they spoke it in the contemporary language of the time. There was a colloquialism, you know, when Jesus said, in my father's house there's many mansions. He was talking about the multiple world theory in quantum physics, but how do you explain that to a group of fishermen? I mean, so I think that at this point, the unifier is that uh, science and, and spirituality can coexist, but the real rubber to the road is people who are actually doing it. Because once it's performed and it's done, it happens once in science, it's called an incident. Something happens twice in science, that's called a coincidence. But when it starts happening three and four and five and six and ten times, now you're looking at a trend. You're looking at something that's repeatable. And anything that's repeatable is science. And so that's why I love our advanced retreats, because we're measuring transformation and we're capturing some pretty significant things, and, and, and that is really the formula for people to accept it more. And once you accept, believe, and surrender without any analysis, you're more prone to arrive at your destiny. Okay, so um, I have one more question for you, but we're almost out of time. So I want to mention, this is Dr. Joe Dispenza. Jay, uh, his website is Dr. Joe. D-I-S-P-E-N-Z-A dot com. Some wonderful articles, all of the different books, his classes and seminars, etc. You know, wonderful website, all of the information's there. And he, uh, Dr. Joe, is one of the featured speakers at the Celebrate Your Life conference happening in Scottsdale, Arizona, February 14th through 17th. Uh, the website is celebrateyourlife.org. All of the wonderful speakers that are coming there. I mean, to have this lineup of speakers, I could go on and on, but, you know, the ones many people know, Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williams and Carolyn Mace, but we also have Don Miguel Ruiz, Don Jose Ruiz, James Von Prague, Carolyn Mace. Um, I don't know. It's just a fabulous lineup. So, um, so Dr. Joe, one last question. Okay. You, you. So I, I, um, I'm going to be doing a pre-event workshop. I heard too. Oh, I, oh, I did know this. So, so you'll be there on the Friday. Yeah, Friday I'll do a one-day workshop on demystifying meditation and, and uh, this concept called making your mind matter. And I, you know, I was saying earlier when I was uh, interviewing Liz that those pre-conference days are so worth it. You know, I've, I think I've probably gone six or seven times on the pre-conference, and you, it's before everyone arrives. Everyone arrives on Friday evening, and they're all like rushing to get there, and then you know the the conference you know starts that evening. But the pre-conference, I, it's just fabulous, I think, because you arrive on Thursday, you get settled, and then you have this amazing day. You know, I mean, that's fabulous that you're offering that. Whole day on that well I, I mean i only go where i'm invited and liz invited me so i hear that we're doing it so it'll be fun okay so one last thing you you i'm assuming that was a striker frame you were describing when you were face down and you know not even knowing if you're going to be able to overcome this yes, you know yes. being par- yeah. paralyzed etc so so here you are you know now it's a few years later and you know that memory is still there but it's it's a different memory now because of the way you've worked with it. And yet, it brought you to where you are. So 
where are you going next? What, what, is your, what is your vision of where you would like to take this knowledge next? Well, we have, uh, I think, the, the, the real, real uh, insurance policy is really with young people and children. And I think that if we can teach children some of these principles early on and it can be embedded as a program subconsciously, uh, they're less seduced in their life from the things that uh, tug most people uh, from an emotional level. So um, we've created a corporate program for transformation. We work with Sony Entertainment. We've worked with a lot of different companies. Uh, but the common question that people have now is, what about my children? So that's, uh, that's where our, our uh, efforts will go next. We'll create a... a, a, a either an educational or parenting program to teach children some of these things in a very methodical, systematic, and simple way uh, with 10 core principles that help children to really uh, bloom from the inside out. Fabulous. Just absolutely fabulous. So, Dr. Joe, I really want to thank you so much. I know how busy you are. And, you know, listeners, this show is archived. It is a virtual blog. The minute this show is finished, it is available 24-7 to be listened to. So please let your friends know. Let your family members know. This is information that people need and want to hear. So, Dr. Joe Dispenza, thank you so much for being my guest this evening. And um, just thank you for all that you're doing to make the world a better place. Thank you, Cindy, for all you do also. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Good night, everyone, and we'll be back next week. Okay. Namaste.